You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, season three, episode four. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boss Yourself First podcast. I'm Robin White, and I am so glad you are here and listening. So what's happened in your day so far? You know, I like to think about you all listening, commuting to or from work, maybe cleaning out the crisper drawer in your fridge. I know that is not one of my favorite tasks, but I do listen to podcasts while doing those kinds of things to make the time feel better. Well, whatever it is you're doing, I hope it's going well for you. And I'm really glad to be there with you. My day is going well. My client schedule is full. Just grabbed another new client, and that's that's always exciting. New business is in the works, so professionally, going great. And personally, I shared with you last time that we've had a few adjustments to make, but um, we're now all ramping up to get my youngest off to college. And in fact, I hope to get one more episode of the podcast posted before we take off. But uh, just so you know, there's going to be a little gap in the postings. Uh, and that will give you the opportunity to catch up on past episodes. So there'll be a little gap because I'll be offline for a couple of weeks. Because yes, we are driving from Colorado to Connecticut, and that takes a little while. All right, so now that we're all caught up, let's talk about today's episode. This season, we are unpacking the elements of what it means to boss yourself first, And that means we're taking a deep dive into our self-leadership principles, tools, skills, things that help you develop your self-leadership. BOSS in our program is an acrostic, so BOSS stands for Believe Intentionally, Observe Actively, Steward Resourcefully, and Serve Creatively. And we spent the last two episodes taking a sort of high-level view of believing intentionally. And if you missed those, go back and check them out. Season three, episode two, we talked about how to examine our thoughts to create awareness and then how to choose the thoughts that get to take up recurring real estate in our brains. In other words, the thoughts we want to dwell on. And then last week, we talked about ANTS, A-N-T-S, which are automatic negative thoughts, and we talked about what to do about them, how to handle them. For now, we're moving on to the second element in BOSS, which is observe continually. And remember, these are, we're kind of skimming the surface, and I'm trying to give you some tools to get you started in these areas, but I want to remind you that not only are these elements They're non-linear, meaning they're not necessarily in order, like first you believe intentionally and the next step is observed continually. They can be in that order, but they're not necessarily in that order. They kind of fold over each other. So not only are they non-linear, but doing this work is a practice that you develop over time. And all of these elements bear fruit in your self-leadership development. And I don't mean that to sound like a disclaimer, I just want to be clear that this is work and work you can totally do, but just like learning any new skill, like learning a language, it takes intention and commitment and practice. 
So kudos to you for being here and learning how to do the work. But it won't help you achieve your goals if you don't put it into action. Wow. Sorry, I'm coming off a little strong today. I love you. And I want this podcast to support you and your goals. So listen, learn, apply it to your life, and then activate that learning by taking actions based on what you've learned. All right. I'm off of the tough love speech and back onto the topic of observing continually. Hey, I just started watching The Queen's Gambit. And I'm, I know I'm totally behind in that. That's okay. But um, I just started watching and I really loved watching the character of Beth learn about the game of chess. She watches that orphanage custodian who at first he refused to teach her the game. And so she, she just watches and she watches the moves he's making. And then she tries to make sense of it. She goes back and continues to reflect on what she's seen until she can learn how each piece moves. And then she puts her learning into practice when she finally gets to play. And remember, I love to find the story behind the story. I hardly ever just leave anything at surface (laughs) knowledge. So I did a little research on the writer um, of the novel, The Queen's Gambit. His name was Walter Tevis, and he wrote the book in 1983. And he was taught to play chess as a child. But There was a different game that he learned through observation. He became obsessed with pool, and he spent hours in pool halls observing players before he started playing himself, and then he used all of that knowledge to write The Hustler and The Color of Money. So he put his learning into action in learning to play the game, and then he even took it further and wrote about what he'd learned. So how does that apply to what we're talking about today? We're talking about observing. Observing means to notice or perceive something and then register it as being significant. Or we could go with that SAT format (laughs) and say, looking is to observing as hearing is to listening. Now, I will neither confirm or deny that this has happened in my household, but see if this sounds at all familiar to you. So you go to tell someone, someone much beloved in your house, (laughs) Before we leave on this trip, I need you to check the trash cans and make sure they are all empty. Will you take care of that? Then a few seconds pass and eventually you get, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, what was that again? (laughs) You know what I mean. The person you were speaking to heard and knew that you were speaking, but didn't really focus in on the content and then had to have it repeated. And we're doing something similar with observation. We're intentionally grabbing the content of what we're seeing, reflecting on it, and learning from it. So how does observe continually fit with self-leadership? And why is it one of the boss elements in our program? It's because we can't change what we don't know about. And while observing others is really important in learning how to best connect with them and support them, Some of the trickiest observations are observations about ourselves, because often we see what we expect to see, and our expectations are not always true, and they can mask other perspectives that are available to us and might serve us better. Here's the thing about self-observation, and we've talked about this before, but to learn from what you're observing, you must stay out of judgment and be objective. That means not jumping into interpreting your data right away. And you may have noticed that I'm using the term data to label our observations. This is intentional because data is a term that a scientist would use as she conducts experiments 
And that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to be objective. We want the good, the bad, and the ugly of the information we can find. It helps us stay away from confirmation bias, which we've mentioned before, but just to circle back to it, confirmation bias is when we collect evidence that supports a belief or an expectation we already hold. For example, you know how it is when you buy a new car and suddenly you start seeing so many of your car's make and even color on the road? The other cars were already out there, but you just weren't noticing them. And now that you're driving one of them, your brain takes notice and calls them to attention. And evolutionarily speaking, our brains do this to help us find our pack and identify threats. But we don't really need to rely on this particular function in our current culture. And in fact, it can get in our way and keep us from recognizing other perspectives. So we're working on bossing our brains instead of letting them push us around. And observing continually is a practice that helps us do that. So remember, observing is noticing something as being significant. And doing this continually means that we keep on observing all the time. And I know this may sound exhausting, and it could be if we set the bar at all the time right from the start. Just like building muscle, you work up to the higher weight or more reps. But how do we get started? If you have been doing the work we've already talked about this season in the last couple of episodes, then congratulations, you've already started. Because the exercises we talked about in Believing Intentionally involved self-observation. But let's say you haven't started that work. I'm sure you're going to get to it any minute. (laughs) Or maybe you're just ready to take on something else. Okay, here's an example. I was talking with someone last night, someone who's in her early 50s and starting a new job. And this new job requires that she learn new and complex software systems. And while she was really upbeat and funny and positive, She is feeling overwhelmed and tired at having to get help from her managers to fix her errors. So I asked her about how she coped the last time she had to learn a new job. And she said the last time had been about six years ago and she'd felt uncertain and like her head would explode. And I'm, those are, I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers. Like her head would explode. Those were her words. Trying to learn new processes and new language. Then she remembered that it took about six months or so for her to start feeling confident in that job. And we talked about resting in the knowledge that six months from now, she will know and feel more comfortable with this new system and how she could give herself grace in her learning process. Observing how she had responded in the past to that disorientation from a new job gave her ideas and energy and vision about how to handle the disorientation of her current circumstance. It's simple and it's powerful, my friends, and it helps you start building that observation muscle. Okay, so have you ever taken that challenge of doing one push-up a couple of times a day and then adding a push-up each day until you can do 100? I've taken the challenge, and I must confess that I didn't stick with it long enough to get to 100, but I did increase the number of push-ups I could do. And that's a little bit like our approach with your observation muscles. Remember, you're collecting data about yourself, so check judgment at the door as you do this exercise. Get curious about yourself and look for information, like a scientist. All right, here's your observation push-up. Similar to our friend that I talked about earlier, um, who was facing the new challenge at her work. So now you're going to choose a challenge that you're currently facing. 
And it, it doesn't have to be a massive challenge. It could be something small. That's totally fine. Then search your memories for a time when you faced a challenge in the past and eventually overcame that challenge or saw a benefit from that challenge. And it's great if it's the same kind of challenge, but it doesn't have to be. Maybe you're currently facing a time where you've been looking for work and you're having to continually send out resumes and take interviews. You have to motivate yourself constantly to do a task that's not creating results, at least not so far, and can in fact kind of feel like personal rejection. And maybe this is your first time to do that. So think about something in your past, another time when you had to put in work around something that didn't create immediate results. Maybe it was like, like learning a sport and um, that you, you learned to play and how you had to practice and lose a lot of times before you improved enough to win or contribute to a team win. Once you have found a past experience that meets the criteria, visit with the past self. And you can do this by, I know that sounds a little strange, visit with the past self. You can do it. You can do it by visualizing different moments in dealing with that challenge and noticing the feelings that come up. And this isn't even your data collection point. Right now, you, you, you found the place you're going to focus in, and you're going to just kind of connect with that past self through remembering the feelings and remembering the challenge. Then you slip into scientist mode, and you ask that past self, what thoughts helped you deal with that challenge? What kind of people supported you? What tools or hacks did you develop to help you get through? What setbacks did you experience? And what did you learn from dealing with that challenge? Okay, now you're moving back to your current challenge. And look at the data you collected from that past experience. And I'm picturing, remember I talked about the Queen's Gambit. I'm picturing that scene from the Queen's Gambit where Beth is sitting on her bed and she's visualizing the chessboard and moving the pieces to try and learn the game. She looked at all the times she'd seen that particular piece move, and she compared them to figure out the power of that piece. That was her data. And then she reflected on it, and she learned. So in the data you collected around that past experience, what have you learned about the way you motivate yourself? What can you take from that past learning to help you in your current circumstance? Now, if you've done this and you can't find any helpful learning, then try choosing another past challenge and work through the process again. Then you've got two data sets that you can look at and compare and look for patterns. What served you? What didn't serve you? All right, give it a try. There are a lot of ways that we can practice self-observation, some of which you may already be doing. And we'll continue on the subject in our next episode And remember, there will be a gap because I'm going to be driving to Connecticut and back. But I promise we'll circle back. We will come back to observing continually and do some more muscle building in that area. Okay, my friends, reach out to me if you need resources. You can email me at robin at bossyourselffirst.com. And I will make sure, just put resources from season three. And I will make sure you get those. Or I'll have my assistant make sure you get those. And uh, we will continue moving forward. I'm going to miss you guys for a couple of weeks. I'll be thinking about you and what we'll be doing in our next episode. So in the meantime, everybody, take care. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.